There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Thanks for being here. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay here as well, producer number five and eight, uh, who did such a great job last week in my stead. Thank you, Jeff. Nice to see you this morning. Good to see you, too. I think my favorite comment of basically critiquing how I did was whoever it was saying I look good in a sport jacket. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> that is solid information right there. I never get that, so you should be you should be thrilled with that. Uh, listen, is there is there anything I need, need to talk about today? I don't know how I'm going to fill no, two hours. I, I think we have nothing to talk about today. Uh, Chrissy Andrews will come to us in the second hour. We'll do sort of a makeshift guessing lines. I've already guessed them. I already know what they are, but I'll tell you what I did guess and what Chrissy's going to post them at here or what he has posted about. A little different for the playoffs. But it's an excuse to talk to Chrissy, so he'll be here the uh, second hour of the show to talk all things of the matchups in the wild card uh, weekend. Chris Felica standing by to talk national championship. But first, uh, in case anybody missed it this morning, so we all know that when an NFL season ends, the coaching carousel begins as well. Vic Fangio fired by the Broncos over the weekend. Then no real surprise in both Minnesota and Chicago this morning. Minnesota fires not only coach Mike Zimmer, but also GM Rick Spielman. Chicago, same deal. Matt Nagy out the door, as well as GM Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace, who will always be known for the wonderful Mitch Trubisky trade on draft day. That, his, that, is, uh, that will always be his calling card. But we always say there's, there's at least one surprise. And this morning, that surprise, I mean, this definitely qualifies as a big-time surprise came down. The Miami Dolphins fire coach Brian Flores. And, Jeff, it wasn't but two weeks ago that we were talking about Brian Flores as a legit coach of the year candidate, saying, hey, he's won seven in a row. If he wins out, do you think he's coach of the year? Now, he didn't win out. They lost to the Titans last week. But they do win eight of nine, and owner Stephen Ross 
saying that it's the relationships. If you were looking for a statement, the relationships that he had, uh, that Brian Flores had with both Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins GM, uh, Greer, that, that that is the reason for it. Now, speculation, at least my speculation initially was, does this mean Jim Harbaugh is coming in? Jeff Darlington already reporting from ESPN that this is not about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is not being pursued by the Miami Dolphins. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? A guy who had a 10-6 and six record last year, 9-8 and eight this year, and again, winning eight of his last nine. Yes, 24 and 25 over three seasons, but those were his final two. And uh, that's the end of that. You would have to speculate that Brian Flores will be a top coaching candidate elsewhere. He might have more than, his, more than one pick uh, for him from his perspective. But what are we doing here, Jeff? Are we, are we blaming Brian Flores for, for not having drafted – Justin Herbert instead having drafted Tua. What's going on here? No, this is look. You have a you have an owner. Which by the way, the uh, the relationship thing. Jeff Darlington had that report, so I'm not sure if Ross actually made that public. But that's the reason behind the scenes, according to Jeff Darlington. Look, I, this is a bad organization that has been a bad organization for a long while now, and to fire a coach who has seemingly, and he inherited the worst roster in the NFL. That worst roster in the NFL won five games in his first year. They were nearly in the playoffs back-to-back year with average quarterback play and really a roster that's really not overly imposing. So, I look, I don't know what they're doing. They might have something else up their sleeves that would be a well, surprise, that's, but that's it's stunning that they canned him. That would be what it would have to be, right? That's why the Jim Harbaugh thing comes up first. And if, if Jeff Darlington's report is true, that's not the case. But you would have to think if, one, if there's one bombshell – a second would have to follow because you don't replace Brian Flores with just anybody. You would hope if you're Miami, you better be right on who, on whoever you have someone in line here. You better be right that they're coming. And obviously a, a swirl this offseason will be the whole Deshaun Watson thing in Miami as well. We'll, uh, we'll follow that. But Brian Flores out, uh, out from the uh, head coaching position of the Miami Dolphins. Let's talk a little college football. We have tons of pro football to talk about. We'll get to all of it, including – Uh, what happened last night here in Las Vegas. What a day of NFL football. But it is the national championship tonight between Georgia and Alabama. And let's bring him in from ESPN's College Game Day. Of course, Daily Wager and the Stanford Steve of the Bear podcast. It's Chris Felica. How you doing, Chris? I'm I'm, I'm not good, Gil, but that's okay. I feel like I've been robbed. I I feel like I have had five figures stolen from me over the last... 24 hours, but but other than that, I'm doing great. Okay. People who do have ordered what the hell I'm talking about. Yes, my uh, my my my, my season NFL pick and pull. But I had the Rams minus four and a half, and uh, the guy ahead of me had the 49ers, and the guy behind me had the 49ers. And it's kind of one of those weighted things where you weight them five, four, three, two, one, and obviously the Rams blowing a 17 nothing lead and then allowing that late. Uh, drive with no timeouts, 88 yards down the field. But that was a uh, five-figure swing for yours truly. Ugh. And then, uh, and then uh, yesterday, I had, I had the uh, the Jason Weingarten-inspired uh, Jaguars money line uh, tie Oakland, uh, Oakland Vegas. Uh, all this John Madden Oakland Raiders stuff is still sticking in my head, but uh, yeah, Raiders and Chargers tied. Not thinking that they were gonna knee it out, but I'm like, yeah, it goes to overtime. You never know. So I, yeah, that was a nice 650 to one parlay that had some lunch money on that I got robbed thanks to 
Brandon Staley calling a timeout when the Raiders were going to take a knee, and both teams were going to get in the air. Right? We just run the ball to the middle and take it, and, and both teams would be in. But, hey, he's the smartest guy in the room. He's awesome. Oh, man. We'll get to that old timeout. Come on. I'm feeling good. I think people are making a little too much about that timeout, but I, I am I, I will criticize Staley for it, but I think people are making a little too much of it, perhaps. But, yes, 650-1, to two-legger. Oh, man. Daniel Carlson couldn't miss that for you? Sorry. Sorry about that, Chris. Let me ask you about tonight's game, because I think that this, if, if you're still game to talk about it, because I know you're getting over that, but it's it, t- tonight's game, to me, the beauty of this is that it represents this great sort of sports betting case study in sports bettors having to try to solve the puzzle of the most recent thing they saw versus a season's worth of data. So in other words, Georgia, by far having the better long-term season, right? Alabama struggling with teams, uh, most famously Auburn, but also struggling with, you know, a bunch of opponents, Arkansas being one of them. Uh, Other, you know, opponents that that Georgia, quite frankly, ripped. Alabama beat Florida by two. They lost to A&M. I mentioned Arkansas. They beat by seven. They only beat LSU by six. And then there's, of course, the Auburn game, which they had to eke out in overtime. Meanwhile, Georgia, of those common opponents, they beat Arkansas 37 to nothing. They beat Auburn 34 to 10. They beat Florida 34 to seven. And so then what we saw, though, in the SEC championship was Georgia as a seven-point favorite, really getting crushed by Alabama comprehensively. And so it's, it's the sports better conundrum. When that line came out, there's a, you know, most casual bettors are like, wow, Georgia's favored? How could that be? And really it is an adjustment, right? Georgia was six and a half in that SEC championship. Now they're three. So I guess the big question is, first of all, do you agree with that characterization, putting that in context that way, this game tonight? And then if so, you know, what do you think happens here? Yeah, I, I do agree. The immediate thing that that I that I saw, like, and, and what was interesting is I think some of the look ahead lines actually were even like, like Georgia one and a half or, or or so, and then when they actually posted it, it was it was bigger than that. But yeah, I, I, that was the, the Alabama's another dog. They just beat them by by seventeen. Uh, like, why, why wouldn't they do it again? But I, I think I do think you need to be a little bit careful because you you know how this works. In whether it's a, a college football championship game, the Super Bowl, the NCAA tournament, like people like betting underdog on the money line, and then the, the sharper betters will bet favorite either at a reduced price or favorite on the on the line to cover. So I, I think that's that's kind of been the been the mo here. I mean, you look at the uh, majority of the tickets have been on Alabama, so it, it didn't surprise me that the number opened up where it was, and it's sitting is. Uh, where, where, where it is right now, but I, I, I always think too, like in the rematch, isn't there always a um, can make yourself a, a better argument and support as to why the team that lost the first meeting will, will win it? It feels a little bit like to me, like Clemson Notre Dame last year, and then uh, Alabama LSU in 2011, where going into that game you thought Alabama was the better team and they had the kicking problems and lost that 9-6 game. But immediately after the game, you were like, if they happen somehow to play again in the bowl, like, Alabama's going to win. And they, I don't think LSU has crossed midfield yet. And then, like, last year when Clemson went to South Bend and they didn't have Trevor and they didn't have about a half a dozen other guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you're like, all right, if they wind up playing again in the, in the ACC championship game, it's going to be non-competitive. And it was. So it kind of feels a little bit like that to me. 
uh, in, in a sense that I think Georgia has more things going for it in terms of John Mechie not being there for Alabama. Uh, I think one of the big things you talked about recency bias uh, is what do you make of what we saw from Alabama against Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl? Was that just the game? You should say, well, I should explain what I'm talking about first. Like, uh, they had two 20-yard pass plays. They had seven against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Uh, they averaged 10 yards a drop back against Georgia in the SEC championship game. They averaged less than six uh, against, against Cincinnati. Uh, Bryce Young's off-target percentage against Georgia was around 7%. It was around 20% against Cincinnati. So I guess what you've got to try and figure out and decipher and guess is, was that just because John Mechie wasn't there? Was it because that turned into the game plan to not need to throw the ball downfield because they had no respect for the Cincinnati front? and to just run the ball at will, um, or was it good Cincinnati defense? So I, I think the answer lies a little bit w- w- within that. I think maybe it could have been a little, a little bit of both, but I, I don't think you can undersell uh, the impact of Mechie not being here tonight. Uh, I think that's going to allow Georgia's secondary to maybe uh, double up on Jamison Williams and not allow him free reign. Kristen, so we, we, we will... Chris, tell you what. Yeah, I heard them... Yeah. Let's do it after the break. Uh, Chris Valika with his pick on this game. Uh, Georgia and Alabama tonight. We'll talk more NFL, of course, after the break. Right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Football season is here and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? 
Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here. Jeff, I didn't know we had uh, switched the uh, outro music there to uh, Showtime at the Apollo, sweeping someone off stage. Uh, we apologize to Chris Velika for the loud send-off music there. But I did want to get your thoughts, your, your final thoughts on this game and how you would bet this for anybody. Because, And let me just repeat what I said before, Chris, which is, by what I said before, I'm not indicating that I think that there's recency bias that would that there certainly is recency bias to the casual better who says how could Georgia possibly be favored that comment yes that doesn't mean that I'm saying that I think that that's clearly like the fact that Georgia was better all season mean that that's the prevailing factor in all of this because it could very well be right it could very well be that Kirby Smart every time he sees Nick uh, Saban across the field. Georgia just can't get it done time and time again. It could be that they're just, you know, figuratively spooked out by this and that Alabama gets it done again. So it's just the conundrum of what a sports better has to figure out when they're handicapping this. Where do you finally come down on this? What is your bet? And, 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 and that's, it's funny. And, and then talking to some people uh, down in our big workroom, like it just, that's been, that's been the response. We, we, we think Georgia's better and should win, but, they have Alabama, and I mean, Nick Saban. Alabama has Nick Saban, and Georgia doesn't. So, like, they, like that. That is the one thing holding a lot of people back. But uh, I do like Georgia in the game. I think they. I, I think they have some things with, with with the packages that they could put on the field. Um, I think that loss in Atlanta. Uh, I, I think if they do win tonight, you'll you'll hear about that. How the team kind of came together after that game. So, yeah, I, I do like Georgia, and I wound up actually fooling around with an with an alt line. Uh, and getting Georgia plus money, I, I laid like six and a half and I, or seven rather, and I laid ten and got back like plus one sixty five and plus two forty five or something like that. Laying laying playing bigger numbers because I do think there, there, there is a chance that this game could uh, not get a little out of hand, but it could be a more comfortable win for Georgia than some people think. And then I played some props. I played a uh, Brock Bowers uh, first touchdown and anytime touchdown. Uh, just because he's such an impact player there, and then the other the other uh, prop that I played was Jermaine Burton's receiving yardage. Over, I mean, we've talked about uh, in, in these games like it's often a player that no one is even talking about uh, that steps up and has a, a big play or a big game. And I think with Georgia having Bowers, Washington, Pickens on the field at the same time, um, there's an opportunity for Burton to potentially make a a, a big play like he did. In the orange ball, I think it's total is like thirty six and a half. So that was one of the other props that I like. But but I do like Georgia to win tonight. Yeah. I think they are the better team, and I think I think they will uh, get the job done. And I think if you like Georgia, right now we're seeing threes uh, pretty much in most places. You might see some two and a halfs, but I, I think if you like Georgia, I think you may at this point you may want to wait because probably the big public Alabama money is still to come uh, between now and kickoff. So you may get two and a halfs everywhere. So you might not have to settle for the three. I would imagine that's how this will go between now and kickoff. We shall see. Uh, Chris, sorry about your your uh, your little parlay there with the tie last <laughs> night. My apologies, man. Yeah, that sucks. Rough night. It was it was uh, it was a, it was a gut punch to being so close to uh, <laughs> a really 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 uh, really nice night. You have a big fat zero instead of what you could add. So yeah, that's all right. That's why that's why we do what we do and. Uh, just the, the the thrill of being alive, but wow, that was uh, it, it's one of those things. But when you when you make a, a silly lunch money type bet on something like that, like you never expect to win it, and, and then you're sitting there with like 38 seconds left or whatever it was, you're like, holy crap! Like th- this game is going to end in a tie, and neither team played for the tie, and it's going to end in a tie now. 
and uh, and then you had the carpet pulled out from under you. Yeah. That's how it's it okay. goes sometimes. What a day it was, though. Chris, I appreciate that. Enjoy enjoy the game tonight, man. All right, we will. We'll talk again soon. All right, Chris Valika, everybody. Again, at Chris Valika, F-A-L-L-I-C-A on Twitter. Uh, Jeff, what a day yesterday was from top to bottom, from beginning to end. Week 18, the last week of the season, week 17's in previous year, always squirrely. That's the word that I, I typically would use with these. Uh, but last night... I mean, we're going to talk with all the matchups moving forward with Chrissy at the top of the hour. Maybe Jeff and I will talk about it beforehand. But let's just start with this with this game last night because that's obviously first and foremost on people's minds where the Raiders in a winner-take-all in terms of a playoff berth, unless they tied and then both would take all and the Steelers would be out. That's how it's set up yesterday with the Steelers beating the Ravens in overtime earlier, coupled with the improbable Colts lost the Jaguars. Maybe before we get to the Chargers, Raiders, maybe we should start with the Colts. Let's let's start there. There's just too much to get into. So l- let's ask this. This is the first question, Jeff. Given the circumstance, and I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but given the circumstance, was that Colts loss to the Jaguars yesterday the single worst final week of the NFL season performance by a team that just needed to win and get in given how much they were favored by, two touchdowns or more, and the fact that they got slaughtered, not that they just didn't cover, not that they just didn't get beat, but that they got destroyed from the first to the last snap. Is that the worst you've ever seen? Yes. Gotta be. The only, like, just even going through final week upsets with teams that are not good, that knock teams that needed to win to get out of the playoffs, we haven't had the circumstance where the team not only beat the team that needed to get in the playoffs, they still retained the first overall pick. That's how bad Jacksonville was. And Gil, from the opening from the opening drive. Destroyed. Where Jacksonville went right down the field on him. Trevor Lawrence completed, I think, his first 13 passes of the game. It was a beatdown. There was no doubt who was the better team on that field. And that is embarrassing and is going to set up an offseason that looked like was going to be pretty routine for India now. A lot, a lot of things to figure out for them moving forward. Carson Wentz ends up 17 of 29 for 185. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked six times. Six. It's his third game this season with multiple turnovers. And with, this is, again, this is one of these teams, and maybe this was the hard knocks effect. I've heard more than me just say this about it. Maybe we thought the Colts were better than they were, but seriously, two weeks ago, they were coming off wins. Remember that Arizona win where they didn't have – Eight, you know, 80% of their offensive line, they go into Arizona and they win, and you're like, this team can do no wrong. That was on the heels of them beating the Patriots, remember, on that weekend, on that Saturday night, I believe it was a Saturday night game against the Patriots, where they took down a team that New England thought, well, everybody thought New England couldn't be beat at that point. And then they come down the stretch, they look terrible against the Raiders last week. Remember, their, their touchdown was really lucky to put them ahead 17-13 to 13 last week, the one that tipped into T.Y. Hilton's hands. And then yesterday, the dud of all duds. And the Carson Wentz thing is interesting. Because if you, if you look at all the teams that didn't make the playoffs, the, the, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Vikings, and the Colts, I guess would be the four best teams largely considered not to have made the playoffs. Am, am I leaving out anybody? I think those are the four. The Colts, that feels right. the Colts might be the most disappointing of the, of the bunch. Here's my point about Carson Wentz that no one seems to want to make either, and you, you get this also from Hard Knocks. And I, let me just preface this by saying, 
it, when, even when you voice this, people think you're stepping on a third rail. I'm not stepping on a third rail here. What I'm saying is Frank Reich and Carson Wentz have this really strong relationship, and it's, and it's rooted in faith. They're both very open about it, especially Reich. This is going to make it that much more difficult for them to make a, an ultimate decision on this guy. He loves Carson Wentz. They love each other. And this is going to make it really difficult for the Colts, more difficult than any normal talent evaluation is anyway, to determine at some point, and they're stuck with him for now, but how much more of this can you go? Can you go more than one more season of Carson Wentz just looking terrible? Because let's face it, he has looked, you know, people want to kill Jimmy G. Jimmy G was great when it mattered yesterday. Ryan Tannehill was great when it mattered yesterday for the Titans. Those are guys that people like to knock too. Carson Wentz, post-injury Carson Wentz, he was an MVP candidate. And it feels like Frank Reich is still trying to chase that high. Super bad, man. I don't know what, it's a tough, it's, you've got, you've got maybe the best running back in the league, minus Derrick Henry, maybe the best guard in Quentin Nelson, maybe the best linebacker in Darius Leonard. You have pieces. But man, at quarterback, you might not have anything. Am I being too harsh on him? I don't think I am. No. Even though I don't think he was at fault for that loss yesterday. That was every person who took the field for Indianapolis, except for Jonathan Taylor, was at fault yesterday. Every facet of the game, including the head coach, Frank Reich, who who said it was a great week of practice. We look, but they they lose to Jacksonville every year on the road, it, and when they go to London, they lose. What is it, seven in a row now? They haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. I mean, that's brutal for a team like the Colts. So much more to talk about. We will talk about this game last night uh, between the uh, between the Chargers and the Raiders. In fact, we'll talk about that next with the Raiders on their way to the postseason as a number five seed to take on the Bengals and the Chargers, wondering what could have been. How great was Justin Herbert, though? We'll do that next. Chrissy Andrews still to come. It is a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It is one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VSIN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Skill Alexander, we get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. Always, by the way, uh, still so many tweets I need to get back to about uh, my father passing. Thank you to each and every one of you. So, so kind and thoughtful. Uh, this is from, this is from Sly Bry. Uh, DJ Sly Bry. I went to law school because I was led to believe there would be no math. <laughs> if you have a moment on, uh, on today's show, how should the guy who had Kansas City and Circus Survivor hedged on Saturday? We know how close Casey came to losing. Denver was around plus 460, plus 480 at kickoff. Uh, well, Brian, thank you for asking. Um, first of all, congratulations to all five of the final uh, entrants who were in Circus Survivor. They all got through. They all are splitting the pot. Uh, $1.2 million apiece, plus the three who had uh, two that had KC, one that had Tampa Bay. They will each get an additional $333,000, $333.33. 33 
uh, because of saving Kansas City and Tampa Bay for the final week. They split the $1 million bonus. So congratulations to all. But to answer your question, Brian, um, the hedge is about as easy as it comes the final week. I don't know what I'm missing here. Everybody was in a perfect hedge position. So this is not like the Joe Pita thing five weeks ago where there were 28 entries left and there were still five weeks left in a season and Joe was trying to make sure that he didn't lose equity knowing that he had a five-week arc to still go through. That's a little more complicated. This is the final week. You're down to your last game and you're each playing a large favorite. So the only way to play it for me is very simple. You just take the dog plus the points that's how I would have played each and every one of those. I would have taken Denver plus the points in the case of Kansas City. Um, and then the others had Tampa Bay and Washington we, and Tennessee. We called all of it perfectly, by the way. We predicted all five of the, uh, of the teams that would be taken by the five entries. That's, that's how I would have played it. I don't, I don't really think there was any math necessary besides playing it that, that, that straightforward. Um, as far as the amounts, that's all up to the person, but that's how you, you should have played it. Uh, Christopher Olson, uh, no, excuse me, not Christopher Olson. This is from uh, Foos. Can you recap Felica's props? Chris has recapped them. Georgia alt line minus seven or minus 10. Bowers uh, first, any, first or any time touchdown. Burton over 36 and a half receiving yards. Christopher Olson was, uh, how about Flores? How about head coach Flores, OC Nagy, DC Zimmer? Not sure where he's referring, but... That's where he would he would like to go with all three of those guys. I, listen, I think Flores is going to have his pick of, of the litter. Zimmer could end up back in Dallas if Dan Quinn ends up getting a job. Who knows? Matt Nagy, I'm not so sure. Big fan of you, I'm not so sure. All right, this game last night, Jeff. The Raiders beat the Chargers 32-29 to in what, by the end of the game, I was texting people, this is one of the greatest football, excuse me, 35-32, pardon me, I say this is this is one of the greatest football games I've ever seen in my life. Given the stakes, given the shenanigans, this is one of the greatest football games you'll ever see. This is why we love football. To see games like this and the intrigue of what was going on towards the end because you had the the quirk of the potential tie that would have knocked out a third team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had to be watching at home going, oh my God, please, this cannot be happening. So... I don't know where you start with this game last night, but I'll start with the the ending. You know, first of all, first of all, the Raiders. Let's just say this: what they have overcome this year to make the postseason cannot be stressed enough. The John Gruden matter, the Henry Ruggs tragedy, and I mean for the young lady who was killed, the Damon Arnett brandishing of weapons and th- making threats, one thing after another. This team wins their last four games to get to the postseason. Yes, they had breaks with opposing quarterbacks. They got to face, you know, Nick Mullins and Drew Locke and then Carson Wentz off a week of COVID. But they get it done, and they get it done last night. But I will say this, Jeff. I'll start with the end of the first half. The Chargers are up in this game, 14-10. to 10, And Derek Carr scrambles and goes deep. And they call a P.I. on a, on a play that had, it was nowhere close to where the football was thrown. And so you do ask yourself at that point, you're like, how is that possibly a PI based on everything we've been led to believe about how a ball has to be catchable? That ball's not even in the same vicinity. Yet, you're also not allowed to just destroy somebody on any side of the field. It's just a very confusing call for everything 
that we've been led to believe about football. By the way, that's the first of, of several calls that you had to be wondering, are the, are the officials watching this through a silver and black lens tonight? How, how funny is that, that the, all of a sudden the Raiders are the team that seems to be getting all the calls? So that was the first thing. Let's go, though, of course, to the third quarter. The Chargers are down 17-14. It's fourth and one at their own 18. 8.57 left in that frame. And Brandon Staley decides to go for it. Austin Eckler, two-yard loss. The Chargers' defense bails them out, though. They force the Raiders into a three-and-out. The Raiders did get a field goal to go up 20-14. to But that decision for Brandon Staley to go for it. And here's where we get into the... This is, a, this is where we get into a nuanced conversation. It is not analytics. When people say, oh, it's analytics, he went for it. There is, an incre- there is incremental math that suggests that your win probability increases incrementally if you make that. But the downside is that it goes way down. So it's something like 45% if you make it, 25% if you, if you don't. So I guess what I'm saying to people is, if, if you're quoting it as analytics, it's in such a vacuum that no one's activating their brain. Because, Jeff, let me just give this example. If it were 45% if he made it, but it was 1% if he didn't, right? I would hope reasonable, reasonable minds could agree that you don't go for it there, right? The downside, the risk-reward is not favorable. It is stupid to go for it. So just make it, if it's 45%, 25%, that's still not a good play, in my opinion. That's still a suboptimal move, even though, yes, your chances are slightly better if you make it. It's just a dumb football play. Brandon Staley deserves all kinds of criticism for, for going for it there. I don't care what, the, what any marginal increase in win probability is. He definitely deserves criticism for that which is a little different than the later, which we'll get to, which I also think he deserves some criticism for, but maybe not for the reasons most people think. So that happens in the third quarter. And again, the defense bails out the Chargers 20-14. to 14. Let's go a little later. It's 29-14, to 14, and Justin Herbert's doing his thing. What a performance by Justin Herbert. Fourth and six. Remember there was the Mike Williams catch where they ruled it short of the sticks, but clearly to the naked eye, he, was, he got it. That was another one where I'm like... Do the, officials, do the officials not want the Chargers to get this done here? It's clearly a call, by the way. Some of us who have uh, access to replay market did very well on something like that. So the Chargers score, it's 29 to, it's 29 to 22. They go for two there, they get it. That's the analytics, ladies and gentlemen, to go for two there. They get it, 29-22. Then... And this is just the Chargers thing. Justin Jones doesn't fall on that fumble with under three minutes left inside the red zone. Just the most Chargers thing ever. You're right on the ball. How do you not fall on that? Raiders forced to punt. And then Justin Herbert, this is, listen, if if the Chargers had won this game, this would have been Justin Herbert's the drive, the John Elway drive against the Browns in the playoffs in the late 80s. This would have been Justin Herbert's moment. 19 plays, 83 yards. On a drive that lasted a grand total of two minutes and six seconds from the two-minute six-second mark to 0-0, felt like it lasted 45 minutes in real time. It was just, I was like, this has lasted 30 minutes and they've moved 20 yards and they still have the ball. It was incredible. 19 plays, 83 yards. The final 206 to tie it, 29-29, including three, count them, three fourth down conversions. 
for the game. The Chargers were 6 of 7 on fourth down. This was amazing. Never to be, you've never seen anything like it. Three of those fourth downs converted on that final game-tying drive in regulation. By the way, one of those plays that's getting lost because everyone wants to talk about the Brandon Staley timeout later, which we'll get to, but fourth and 10 with 22 seconds left, Rich Basaccia calls timeout. It was like the Raiders were panicking, not the Chargers. I thought that timeout was worse than Brandon Staley's, but no one wants to talk about that. By the way, there was another play where the refs were strange. The Jalen Guyton play, the play right before the game-tying touchdown. Jalen Guyton was clearly in bounds when he caught that ball, and the refs were like, he's out. I was like, what, did the Chargers have to over, like, we have to review everything in this game? So the Chargers ended, ended up, go, by the way, they don't go for two. A lot of people were surprised by that. I'm not. That's not analytics to go for two there. There's a lot of people who are, who are tweeting me, why if he went for it before, did he not go for it there? That's not analytics. That's a coach's decision at the end if you go for it for two. We talked about it with John Harbaugh in so many previous weeks. Brandon Staley correctly kicking the extra point there, 32 to 32. We'll get to the overtime of those shenanigans. But is that not one of the greatest games you've ever seen? We could, yes. we could do segments on this. It's unbelievable. What a day of football. We'll get to the Brandon Staley decision and that closing sequence. Chrissy Andrews coming up. We'll talk about all the wild card weekend lines. What a weekend it will be. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at calshi.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on a college football national championship. So simply place a $10 money line wager on the game, and if either team scores a touchdown, you win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the college championship like never before and earn M Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. 
Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in the, na- in the national championship game tonight. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem and a promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. We get tweets at beating the book. Thank you, Jeff. Bill Hooker, welcome back. T-minus seven days until the Australian Open. Oh, Bill, don't I know it. Going to try to do a podcast with uh, Drew and I can't find Dan Weston. But at least Drew and I will do one. I hope. I'll ask Drew. Uh, The Charitable Gambler. Did I miss your take on the Dolphins firing Brian Flores? This is more shocking than the game last night. I'm trying to think of an example of an NFL owner making a worse decision. Uh, You did miss it. I talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, My speculation was Jim Harbaugh. The Dolphins going out of their way, per a Jeff Darlington report, to, uh, to dismiss that. By the way, Tim Thompson tweets, your instincts for Harbaugh to Miami are on point. I don't trust the report. Ross pursued him hard when he went to San Francisco a decade ago. Some optics there that can't go um, point A to point B. I would wager Harbaugh to Miami Fangio rejoining him. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, continuing with that game last night, Jeff. By the way, I had, I had so many things here. One of which was, if San Francisco doesn't win that game yesterday... Are New Orleans and Philadelphia the worst two teams to ever be in the playoffs? <laughs> the worst tandem of teams. That would have San Francisco winning that game yesterday against the Rams, and we'll get to it when we talk to Chrissy. Such a shot in the arm for the NFC postseason. My goodness, would that have stunk with New Orleans with two games that would have featured those two teams, obviously, as opposed to having to deal with one. Apologies, Philly fans. But I couldn't handle both. So anyway, we get to the overtime yesterday, right? It's twenty, it's twenty, what is it? Uh yeah, 29-29 when we go to overtime. And I'm and I'm texting, by the way, Justin Herbert yesterday, 34 of 64 for 383, three touchdowns, one pick, sacked three times. Williams, nine for 119, a touchdown, 440 total yards, six of seven on fourth downs, but 10 for 108 in penalties and minus two in turnovers. So I'm texting folks early in overtime, and I'm like, okay, because we're talking about all the tying scenarios you know what happens here, and I did. I did text folk at the beginning of folks at the beginning of our time. We're like, hey, if, you know, if there's like 135 left on the clock, let's say the teams trade field goals, and then there's 135 left on the clock, then I could see it getting a little bit w- with shenanigans. Sure enough, both teams trade field goals. It was not 135 left. There was four minutes left, and the Raiders have the football, and we all know what happens. The Raiders end up with the ball first and 10 with two minutes left in overtime in plus territory. And so you're at that point, you're like, okay, well, it looks like the Raiders are going to try to win this football game and that'll be the end of that. But what do the Raiders do? They run on first down. It's like a one yard run. There's no, no urgency. They run on set or they lost a yard on first down. Pardon me. There's no real urgency. Second down, they run for seven yards. It's like third and four. There's no real urgency. And all of a sudden, the clock, the play clock is rolling down. It's rolling down. And with 38 seconds left, Brandon Staley calls a timeout. And Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are beside themselves. I, too, did not understand why Brandon Staley would call a timeout there. We learned later from Brandon Staley, if you're to take those coaches at their words, that Brandon Staley was there to put in personnel 
to counter the run. He wanted his optimal personnel in there. But if you hear everything that was said on the Raiders side after this game, we were right to look askance at Brandon Staley calling a timeout there because it sure did appear that the Raiders were willing to just lollygag this down to zero. Rich Bisaccia said after the game, yeah, we had the conversations about just running the clock down and out. Derek Carr said it did change our mindset. The Derek Carr quote was a little weird because on the one hand, he said it did change their mindset. On the other, he's like, my mentality was to win. So it was a little contradictory. My thing is this. The, the people who are killing Brandon Staley for calling the timeout, for me, the reason that I kill him on the timeout is because I don't think he was present and perceptive and aware of what was happening on the broader picture of what was going on. Because it really did appear, and again, corroborated by comments after the game, that the Raiders were cool at that point, not doing much. Do we know that for a fact? We don't know over 100% fact. But at least based on their behavior and what they said afterwards, we kind of can get to that. But Staley was so tunnel-visioned on, I got to get my personnel out there, that he stops it. Now, here's, here's the, the other thing we don't know, and this is why I can't go like full throttle killing Brandon Staley. We also, Jeff, don't know what would have happened if he didn't call timeout. Maybe, maybe Josh Jacobs gets 10 yards anyway, right? We don't know that the timeout caused him to go 10 yards. So maybe he goes 10 yards anyway, and at that point, maybe the Raiders' thinking changes anyway, right? So that's why, like, and I don't know where you stand on that, but that's why I can't, like, go completely crazy about the Brandon Staley thing. Be, uh, because Staley has become this Tim Tebow level of polarization on social media from yes. some, uh, because the new guy, the new kid on the block is doing something slightly different and the old guard doesn't like change. Uh, anything he does that works against his team in the end ends up being blasted. And ends up being analytics. Yes. The timeout, I just think, I think he panicked. I think he just panicked because even though the Raiders – were in a run formation, they were in shotgun. I think he panicked that they were going to throw, and he swapped out of the defense to a pass-heavy defense, and Jacobs gashed him for 10 yards on the next play. I think that was just, just I don't think it was an error. Like, it didn't cost him the game. They probably would have run for yards anyway. No, I think he, I think he was putting in run personnel. I think well, he wanted he, to get well, his optimal the run thing, personnel. And, and uh, uh, Emmanuel Acho of ESPN did a breakdown video of this last night. Murray, the linebacker, was on the field. They were in a they were in a four two five before the timeout. He pulled his best tackling linebacker off the field for an extra D back. Whatever whatever he did, right? Whatever he didn't did. Work, whatever he did. Well, well this is it didn't work, but here's here's what I'm saying is I thought Basaccia's timeout was worse than this one, right? When it was fourth and ten, he he stopped a delay of game perhaps by calling that timeout for the Chargers on that final regulation drive. Brandon Staley's decision to go for it on fourth and one at the third was horrible. Those, I think, you can absolutely criticize without bounds. This one, the timeout being called, I would agree that it showed that Staley wasn't really grasping what was going on at the moment, big picture. And that, I think, you can criticize him for. But this notion that somehow the timeout caused them because of the result of the subsequent play to lose that I can't necessarily buy. Cause you don't know what would have happened. They, they lost the game because if Josh Jacobs picks up 
one or zero yards. It's over. The game's we over. We have no idea. Basaccia. Basaccia. He said he quoted. He said he he was. He said he wouldn't have kicked the field goal without that run. That's a direct it, quote. Look. It, it, it would have been reckless for him to send Carlson out for any kick longer than 52 yards. Right. Because the only way at that point that you miss the playoffs, if you're the Raiders, is if Carlson's kick gets blocked and returned for a touchdown against you. It would have been reckless for Passaccia to do it. Look, in the end, the Chargers lost the game because they couldn't stop the run. The third and – you didn't even mention, the biggest play of the whole game was the third and 23 at the end of the half. Third and 23. Where, G, where Richard picks up 23 in the nose of the football – and then that the sets PI. up the Raiders' touchdown. That was the biggest play of the whole game. The notion that you had a Chargers first half bet before that third and 23 and you lost the first half bet on the draw play to get 23 yards, which, by the way, they did spot short initially for the Raiders, and then that ridiculous P.I. resulting in a touchdown is just brutal. Chargers money line, Chargers uh, minus the points. It's just a, what a horrible first half beat that was. But what a football game. And now the Raiders end up as a five seed heading to Cincinnati. And we'll get to all of these after, at the top of the hour, all six games here with Chrissy. But the Chargers, and I'll, I'll just group them again together, the Chargers, Colts, Ravens, and Vikings, those four teams, the biggest, single, the biggest four disappointments in all of football, just the same stuff for, for the Chargers over and over. You want me to say something? Yeah, I'm willing to give Baltimore a slight pass because they just got so destroyed by injuries, and the fact that they actually got to the last game with a chance is amazing. But the other three teams, it cost Mike Zimmer his job. The, eight, Char- the Chargers and the, and the Colts had no excuse Ravens, for not being in the Ravens eight and three to eight and nine, lost their last six, eight and three to eight and nine. You know, we it's funny. We'll get to it with the Titans too coming up. We tend to give other teams passes, right? Like, oh well, the Ravens didn't have their guy. Oh well, Tom Brady didn't have his guys. And yet everybody seems to have a blind spot about the Tennessee Titans all year long. We'll talk about that, too, coming up after the break. Much to discuss. Week 18 in the National Football League and next with Chrissy. Wild card weekend. What the guesses were, what the lines are, where the value is. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at calshi.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.